prayer tonight and let's see God do something great for us. Remember the youth trip coming up that will be a week from Monday, the 23rd through the 25th. If you plan on going on that, uh, you need to, I think it's about as late as you can wait. So see Sister Angela after service and uh, we need to know uh, that we'll be going to San Antonio, uh, going to Six Flags, and going to SeaWorld. And uh, coming back Wednesday, we'll be here back in time for church Wednesday night. So remember uh, that announcement. It's good to see Sister Gay able to be in church with us tonight, today. And uh, thank God for God's help in her situation and her able to be here today. Good to see Sister Beverly able to be in church today. Good to see everyone that is here in the house of God today. Remember those who are on vacation and uh, ask God's protecting hand. We will be uh, leaving sometime Monday evening and uh, we'll be gone this week. We'll be back Saturday night and so pray that we would have a safe trip. God will bring us back home safe. Brother Duplicy will be here Wednesday night preaching the word of God. Be faithful to the house of God and uh, help him preach Wednesday night. So <clears throat> let's, let's be in prayer. We need uh, summer. Summer is quickly, our, the summer months of vacationing is quickly slipping away. And uh, we need a great move of the Lord. I would like to be able to be able to start revival sometime in September and uh, have a few services when everybody gets back home and quits running around and uh, see God do something great for us. So let's be in prayer that God would give us a visitation of the Holy Ghost like never before. We need a move of God like never before. The day is growing late. The hour is growing late. And so we need God's help. To all of our guests that are here today, we are honored that you've come to be with us in church today. If this is your first time, we want you to feel very welcome and we want to invite you back to the house of God with us. If uh, you are a guest that's coming here uh, <clears throat> for another visit, we are just glad that you're here. We want you to enjoy church, worship the Lord together with us. That's what we're here for, is to worship God. We're here because we love God. Amen. I'm, uh, God has been good to me and I find no complaints in serving God. If you're looking for a reference, look at me. I'm a satisfied customer. God's never done me nothing but good. I've never purchased anything from God that I had to take back because it didn't work. Everything that God's ever done for me worked. I've got out of order a little bit every once in a while, but God's order has always worked. If you have your Bibles today, turn to Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5, verse number 16. We will be going back again and reading uh, again in Galatians chapter 5. We've been there for the past three weeks. And uh, we're going to stay there for a little while until we get through with the fruit of the Spirit. We first started out on the works of the flesh. Now we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. I changed my text this morning going back to where this is located in the scripture. So we're going to read it together this morning and uh, starting at verse number 16. This I say then, 
This is, this is the answer to our dilemma and our problem. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, lust, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. We studied on these for a couple of weeks. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. These are the works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. God does care the way that you live. This philosophy going around today that any old way ought do and God don't care he just loves you unconditionally he loves you so much he changes us amen and if you do these things you shall not inherit the kingdom of God and then this is what we will be discussing this morning but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace long-suffering Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Lord bless you for standing for a lengthy reading this morning. Sorry about that, but I felt like just reading all of that. You may be seated. Thank you. <clears throat> we have done it so much, we pretty much know what's coming next. But <clears throat> we are... Um, looking at the Word of God and uh, speaking on the fruit of the Spirit. Now, <clears throat> there's a lot of works of the flesh. And when I read the works of the flesh, I read adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Now, I'm reading this off to you again where you can make a comparison here. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, Strive, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, and revelings, and such like. Now, make the comparison to the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Now, when I look at the comparison, 
and I start comparing the works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit. Which one would I prefer to bear? I prefer the fruit of the Spirit. It just seems like a better life. Some people ask, why do you live like you live? Because it's a better life. Amen. It's just a better life. Uh, don't you get tired of going to church? No. Don't you get tired of living for God? No, I found out it's just a better life. Living for God is much easier than serving and being a slave to sin. When I compare anger, when I compare ungodly living, when I compare idolatry, when I compare hatred, when I compare strife, when I compare heresies, when I compare drunkenness, when I compare murdering to the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Now just ask yourself the question, which kind of person would you would prefer to be around? A, prefer, a, a, prefer, a person that is performing the works of the flesh or a person that is producing the fruit of the Spirit. I would much rather be around a person that produces love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. That sounds like a better life. Seven secrets of victorious living. How many wants to live a victorious life? Amen. Here's your seven little secrets that are really not secrets at all if you read the Word of God and you listen to preaching and teaching. Number one is stand fast in the liberty of the gospel. Number two, maintain justification in the grace, in grace and obey the truth. People get carried away with grace and they forget to obey the truth. Amen. Obey the truth and use grace. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. How do I walk in the Spirit? Number four is be led by the Spirit. How do I do these things? You do these things by committing to God and praying. You cannot be a spiritual person if you're not talking to God. Now you can live it out of your head but it's not in your heart when you don't have a communication line open to God. Be led of the Spirit. Number five, crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. Our problem is we, we cater to the flesh. We satisfy the flesh. If the flesh is hungry, we feed the flesh. If the flesh wants something, if it's desirous of something, we try to appease the flesh. But the scripture says if we crucify the flesh, we can live a victorious life. Demonstrate, number six is demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in daily life. Things to live by. If people live by this book, this world would be a much better place to live. Amen. 
if people operated business and homes and activities according to this book, this world would be heaven on earth. Amen. So demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in your daily life. And number seven, live in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. You have got to have a dedicated and a committed God to uh, walk with God. The things that we talked about last week was, we spoke a little bit about love. We spent a quite a long period of time on joy. And um, this is what the Holy Ghost produces. The Holy Ghost will produce a love. It will make you compassionate. It will make you uh, have devotion to the well-being of someone else. When you have the love of God in your heart, you will uh, care about people. You will not walk on people to get to where you want to go. When you have the love of God in your heart, you will love people and you will respect and honor people. Amen. Human life is precious. We are all precious. We were all we were all created after the image of God. And God breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living soul. We are all human beings. We all have places that God wants us to be. So we did not use someone for our self-gratification. But we show the love of God to each other. I've had people that I felt like used me because they were needing things that I had that I was able to produce. That's not the love of God and that's not bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Then we spoke about joy. What is joy? It is in the emotional excitement. It is gladness. It is delighted over blessings received or expected. It is joy and rejoicing in the accomplishments of yourself and the accomplishments of others. Not again. God is not a selfish God. And so if God is not a selfish God, He does not produce selfish children. You ever seen little kids and they fuss over, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. Well, not much changes after adulthood. <laughs> we still, that's mine. It's all about me. It's not all about me. I, I read, I read, I was reading um, Decision Points by President Bush. And uh, I was, <clears throat> I was uh, quite interested in the book. It was very interesting and had a lot of, a lot of good information on decisions and uh, the reason why he made some decisions that he made very good book on leadership then I heard him speak uh, after I'd read the book and uh, he made a statement and this was something that he said that kind of stuck out to me he said as being president of the United States I realize that being the most powerful man 
in the world, it was not about me. But I was just part of something far greater. Far greater. And after I am gone, it will still be around because the, the thing is greater than the man. And when we understand it's not all about us, it's all about Him. When you understand in life, just living, when you understand that it's not all about me, and what I can accomplish, and what I can gain, and what I can possess, and satisfying self, you will find more satisfaction in helping someone else achieve greatness. Amen. Amen. I listened at another very successful man, motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar, and he made reference to the fact that the most satisfying uh, feeling in life is seeing you help someone else to success. That is the most satisfying feeling because our feelings will fade. You will grow old. We are growing older. And what will last is what we put in to someone else. What you put into your children. What you put into people that you are in contact with teachers today. Why does people, all you teachers are to say amen to this. Why do people pick the occupation of teaching? It's not because the money is great. Can I get a witness? But it's because of the satisfaction factor that I'm putting something into the next generation. And when you look at it like that, it doesn't take as much money for you to survive. Although I think all teachers need a big raise. Amen. Thank you. But you are putting yourself. And this is what we are part of. We are a part of something that is greater than what we are. It's not about you. It's not about me. But it's about God. It's about producing God. It's about showing God to a world. Amen. It's about... It's about the reflection of, of what people see in us, that they must see God. Amen. Do y'all hear me? Y'all listening? I, I pray that you're listening because you're very quiet. But are you understanding what I'm saying? That, that just coming to church is not about us. It's about producing an atmosphere where the glory of God will fill the house. And where people that, that you may not need anything, so you sit there on your blessed assurance and just enjoy the service. But it's not about us just, just not needing anything and enjoying church, but it's about us getting the glory down in the house of God where someone that is less fortunate than, uh, than us, that has a problem that they need God to solve, that when we get the glory down, everybody begins to benefit out of the power and the glory of God. That's the reason. That is the reason why it is so important that all of us 
Get here early and pray and seek the face of God. That's the reason why that it is so important that when we enter into the house of God, we come into His house with praise and with thanksgiving. Amen. Because it's not about us, it's about Him. And when we understand that, that God is bigger than what we are, God's going to be around long after we're gone. This truth is going to be around. Truth is not going to die with you. Now, I don't mean to be ugly to the older generation, our senior saints, but truth is not going to die when you die. The church is not going to die when you die. And you are to be grateful to that because what has happened, you have made a transfer of truth to the next generation. That is the flower that should be pinned on your, 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 your chest. That I have made the transfer so it's bigger than us. Now, let's talk about peace. I must hurry. I get, I get caught up chasing rabbits but, and uh, get off of my subject, but it's good. Anyway, peace, 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 wonderful peace that's coming down from the Father above. Peace, what is peace? Peace is just the state of quietness. It is rest. It is harmony. It is order and security in the midst of turmoil strife and temptation that's what peace is that's what this scripture is talking about when it said the fruit of the spirit is love it is joy and it is peace it means that no matter what's going on you can have rest it does it means whatever problem is happening you can still have harmony it means that in the midst of chaos in the midst of a world that has gone crazy you can still have order in security in the midst of turmoil that's what you have when you have the fruit of spirit amen in the midst of strife when there is anger, when there is strife, you know we are a group of people and a group of people don't always see eye to eye. A group of people sometimes have conflicts. A group of people sometimes have disagreement. Amen. Sometimes you would say, well, the only way that you can agree all the time is be the only one. You'd be arguing with yourself. It doesn't take but two to have a disagreement. If you are married, you can testify to the fact that you haven't always agreed on everything. But still there is a union, still there is a marriage, still there is harmony in the midst of turmoil. In the church we find that it was so bad in the church that the Apostle Paul was writing a letter of instruction and he said this is going on and this is happening and I'm not pleased with this that's going on we have adultery we have fornication we have this we have that and God and I am not pleased with it 
But in the midst of the turmoil, God was still pouring out revival in the New Testament church. Amen. So in the midst of problems, God is still working miracles. In the midst of strife, God is still able to perform good works. In the midst of turmoil, God is able to give you peace. Amen. The scripture said in Isaiah chapter 9, in verse number 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I am glad today to know that I am serving a God that is the Prince of Peace. Amen. I'm glad to know that I'm serving a God that in the midst of turmoil that I can still have peace. Amen. Romans chapter 14 and verse number 17. The scripture said, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 15 and verse number 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. There is something that these scriptures have in common. And that is that it will fill you with joy and with peace. What is it talking about? It has this in common also. And that is the Holy Ghost. The only way that you can find joy and real joy. It's not as the world finds it. The world tries to find it in worldly activities and entertainment. The world would try to find joy in a bottle and at the bottom of the bottle all they find is more chaos. The world would try to find peace in a pill bottle. Amen. The doctors will say this is what you need to calm your nerves Amen. I refute that in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't need another pill, but what you need is an old-fashioned apostolic renewing in the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel like preaching just a little while this morning. Amen. Some of you don't believe what I said. Amen. We rely too much upon the doctors. Let me hit on this just a little bit. Amen. Your nerve problem. I know people say that it is a sickness. That it's a chemical imbalance in your body body and they've got drugs that will take care of that amen I want to tell you where it's a chemical imbalance it's not just in your body but it's in your spirit it's in your mind the devil is working against the minds of this world today with chaos there is no peace there is no hope and there is no future in this world they're saying that this generation will never succeed and outdo what 
the previous generation did. Amen. But I come to tell you today, happiness and peace does not rely in a pill bottle. Amen. It doesn't rely on another subscription. Another prescription from a doctor's office. Amen. But I want to tell you what will give you peace. Amen. What will give you everlasting peace and joy. It's in the Holy Ghost. It's in serving God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may not want to shout to it because you might be relying on something different. Amen. But I want to tell you that God is still the author of peace. He's not the author of confusion. He didn't come to cloud your mind. He didn't come to mess up your life. But He came to give you hope. He came to give you joy. He came to give you peace in the Holy Ghost. That's right. That ain't about right. That's the truth. I am a firm believer that the Holy Ghost still works. Hallelujah. 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 The scripture said that that he is the prince of peace. Not the author of confusion, but he is the Prince of Peace. Romans 15 and 13. The hope, the hope that is filled with joy and peace. How do you get it? You only get it one way. That's by the Holy Ghost. That's by the Spirit of God that comes to dwell on the inside of you. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 33. For God is not the author of confusion. While I'm on this subject, I feel like the preacher said he got 40 miles out to sea and done hit a stump. Amen. You might as well back up and hit it again. The philosophy of the world today. God is not the author of confusion. But peace. As in all the churches of the saints. God's not the author of confusion in the world. The schools tell us we need to put our our kids on some kind of drugs to calm their nerves and calm them down. If we get back to this book, it'll tell you what to do for those hyperactive kids. You know what I would tell a teacher that said mine need to be on some kind of drugs to medicate them and stone them out of their mind where they sit there and look like a zombie and don't know what's going on? Get you another occupation. Amen. That's not what we need. We need an old-fashioned, back-to-the-basics. This Bible works, folks. It works. It's amazing. In this generation, it will still work. I thought I had more Bible believers in here than that. But it still works. It 
still works. If we're not very careful, if we're not very careful, now I know doctors have a, have a good place and they can do mighty things, but they can't heal your body. If we're not very careful, we are so reliant upon the hand of man. They got a pill to put you to sleep. They got a pill to wake you up. They got a pill to make you go fast. They got a pill to make you go slow. What we are doing, we are coming a drug, drug crazed society. Because we are looking for peace in this world. Oh, it's tight, but it's right anyway. We're searching for something. You have a loved one that dies. You don't need a pill to cope with it. Don't you let them tell you that. You don't need a psychiatrist or a shrink. You don't need to go to the beggarly elements of this world. I tell you today, church, what the Holy Ghost will do. God will still give you peace. If we can't shout about the peace of God, we might as well fold it up and go home. I want to tell you, it's still real. It's still real. It's still changing lives. It'll change the world if they get a hold of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We tell the world that that God will deliver you from drugs when we got. We tell the world that God has set you free when we're so bound by the things of this world. Oh, I believe, I believe that God still gives us peace. Amen. Sometimes God steps into the situation and calms the storm. I'm going to be true. I'm going to try to be through in just a few moments. Lord, help me, Jesus. Sometimes God steps into the situation. We find in Mark chapter 4, around verses number 35, that the disciples and Jesus entered into a ship to go to the other side of the lake and when they got out there in the midst of the lake there began to be a storm the disciples were scared Jesus the scripture said was in the back of the ship with his head on a pillow fast asleep and they were rowing water was coming over the sides of the boat and then Finally, scared and not knowing what to do, they woke up the Master. Some of you, what you need to do is wake up that Holy Ghost experience all over again. Do you remember what it felt like? The first time you lifted your hands and you felt the glory and the power of God. Can I tell you that it can feel that same way today in your life? 
Can I tell you that it'll still do you the same way? It'll shake you. It'll jerk you. It'll make you leap. It'll make you love everybody. It'll make you want to hug somebody. It'll make you jump. It'll make you run. It'll make you fall out. It'll make you speak in tongues. It'll change your life. It'll get you back on the straight and narrow. All you got to do is wake up the master in your life again. And Jesus stands. Verse number 39. Mark chapter 4. And he arose and rebuked the wind. And said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Sometimes God steps out in the midst of the storm. And he speaks peace. And the storm becomes slick and as smooth as glass. And we shout and we rejoice. The disciples were amazed. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Even the winds, the waves, they're all obeying him. Wow. Look at what he's able to do. Look at this man that we're traveling with. Look at this teacher that we have. Look at who called us. He's able to do these things. But can I tell you, sometimes he calms a storm. But other times he calms his child. Can I tell you today that not all the time God makes a storm stop. We can shout about the times that God just stopped the storm. God calmed the waters. God calmed the raging sea of our lives. But we read another scripture in Acts chapter 12. We find where Peter was kept in prison. They were going to cut off his head the very next day. He was kept in the inner prison. He was sleeping, the scripture said, between two soldiers. He was in the midst of a storm in his life. God did not calm the storm. But he gave him peace in the midst of the storm. Have you ever had times where you couldn't sleep at night? Have you ever... Oh, I know some of you telling a story. Have you ever had things that you worried about? Have you ever been upset? Have you ever didn't know what to do? Have you ever been to the place that you didn't know the right direction to go? Have you ever been to the place where you eat off your fingernails up to your knuckles? Have you ever been to the place where you walk the floors at night? Not knowing what am I going to do? What's going to happen if this happens? What's going to take place at this, if this takes place? And this does that. What's, this is going to crater and that's going to crater. Can I confess that I've been like that? Amen. And then I have prayed before and I talked to God. And God let me go to sleep. I am a natural born worry ward. I got it honest. My mother was a worry ward. Her mother was a worry ward. And so they stayed up at night walking the floors and praying and nervous and wondering what's going to happen and what's going to. So naturally, 
It's been handed down to me. My daddy could sleep through a storm, but I like to stay up and watch it. Like I'm going to be able to change it. Amen. But, but I get that naturally one time, or more than one time, but one time in particular I was having trouble and I, I went and prayed. I said, God, I can't take it no more. You're going to have to give me some peace over this situation. I quit worrying about it. I went to bed that night and I slept good. I got up the next morning and I said, that's not normal. I need to start worrying. I started worrying because I wasn't worrying. You worry because something don't really bother you because God has already taken care of it. The apostle Peter was kept and the, the jailers were on each side of him. They're sitting there trying to stay awake. They were worrying about him. But he wasn't worried about them. Why? Because he had an inner peace. That it doesn't matter what happens. I'm a winner either way. It doesn't matter. Peter, they're going to cut your head off in the morning. Oh well. So be it. Whatever God's plan. Whatever God wants. I'm resting comfortably. In the power and the peace of God. See, sometimes God comes a storm. But all the time, God will give you peace to be able to walk right through the storm. And the winds and the waves don't bother you. You see, the apostle Peter seen Jesus come walking on the water. And he asked Jesus, he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. God didn't calm the storm. He said, get out of the boat and make your way. And Peter starts walking toward Jesus. He's not concerned about the storm. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. He's not concerned about what's going on around him. Why? Because he's got his mind. He's got his focus. He's got his eyes placed on Jesus. It doesn't matter what's going on around you, church. It doesn't matter what the world's doing. It doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter about your job. As long as you've got your eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He starts walking toward Him. And He, 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 he like us, He said, I, I don't understand. I, I'm walking on water. And he looks at the waves. And he took his eyes off of what was giving him the peace in the midst of the storm. Peter said, you know, said I did that once before and I sunk. But right now, soldiers, y'all stay awake and make it as sure as you can. I'm tired after a hard day preaching. I've traveled all over this countryside this is just God's way of letting me catch up on some rest. And he began to sleep in the middle of the night. God gave him peace in the storm. I want to tell somebody that's going through something in your life right now. You may not understand what's happening. You may not understand or know 
what to do. But I come with a message from you today that the fruit of the Spirit will produce peace in your life. If you get this Holy Ghost down in your heart and in your soul, I want to tell you there's a peace that passeth your understanding. You can't understand it. You can't figure it out. But I come to tell somebody today that God has come to give you peace. Why don't we shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph right now. Hallelujah. 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 As Brother Trey was reading this morning, John chapter 14, Jesus made reference to the fact that my peace, I leave with you. Sometimes he calms a storm, and other times he'll calm his child. But he's always going to give you peace. You can always trust in him. You can always have confidence in him. You can always rely on him. Have you ever had a friend that forsook you? You looked around and there wasn't nowhere to be found. But I want to tell you about this God today, church. That I've been in trouble before. Friends forsook me. People that I thought loved me walked off. But when I looked unto God, He gave me peace. And I worried because I wasn't worried. I worried because it's not bothering me, God. Why? Sometimes I wondered, Lord, did my burden leave? No, my burden didn't leave. God just gave me peace in the midst of the storm. God, did, the, did my love for my children leave? No, God just gave you peace. To believe and have faith in God. God, I don't understand. Man, God's peace, the scripture said, it's a peace that passeth your understanding. You can't even understand it. You can't believe it when it happens. But it's a peace that comes. I must be preaching to the choir this morning. Nobody in here has any trouble. Nobody in here has experienced anything that's a little upsetting to you. Nobody's going through anything that disturbs you. But I know what God gave me today. And I know what God's trying to sell, tell somebody in this place. And I'm trying to sell you on God today. That God has come to give you peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're a backslider, God's come to give you peace. If you don't know anything about this God... You've got to place some children in the hand of God. You've got to place your problem in the hand of God. You've got to do like the Apostle Peter said, Lord, if you want to deliver me, so be it. If you want to get me out of here, so be it. But while you're thinking about it, God, just give me that peace. As long as you give me peace, everything's going to be all right. 
If you don't heal the sickness, just give me the peace to be able to walk through the storm. And when the winds and the waves are raging, I've got my mind fixed on Jesus. Hallelujah. As we all stand in this building today, I wonder if there's anybody wants to step out. If you know that song, Peace, Peace, Wonderful Peace. That comes down from the Father above while we sing. Would you step out and say, hey, it's me. I've been worrying. I've been troubled. I've been distressed. I don't know what to do. I'm looking for something. Hallelujah. You want to step out today? Say, I want to get my eyes refocused upon Jesus Christ. Oh, He is that peace speaker. He is that peace speaker. He is that peace speaker. Oh, wonderful peace. Hallelujah. 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 Anybody feel? That you need that peace speaker to speak into your life right now. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus, work right now. Would you come today, if you don't know God, in the power of the Holy Ghost, why don't you come and lift your hands toward Him? God, I don't know about that peace they're talking about, but I want it today. I want peace in my life. I want joy in my life. I want love in my life, God. Would you come? Would you say, here I am, Lord? Here I am, Lord, I need your help. I need your directing hand. I need your leading and guiding hand, Holy Ghost, right now, Jesus.